Hey guys, Pastor Jürgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. Great touch of God in here. I feel like God wants to do some heart work today. So I'm not going to say the Pledge of Allegiance, but we do want to put our hands on our hearts real quick. We just want to invite the, the love of the Father, the wisdom, the comfort of the Holy Spirit into our hearts. Holy Spirit, I just declare uh, our hearts opening to you this morning, to your goodness, to your kindness, to your warmth, to your wisdom, to your light, to your life, to your voice, your strength, and your peace. We open our hearts up you to do the things only you can do. We invite you in to work. If you could use God working in your heart, why don't we all just say amen? <laughs> Let's give it up for our worship team. We love you guys. Good to have Paul and Allie, the pioneers of Awaken Worship up here in Boise. We love you guys. We appreciate you. And Appreciate this team. High five a couple people. Tell them you're in the right place at the right time. Tell them they're sitting next to the right person. Tell them that. Tell them they're sitting next to the right person. Okay, we're going to be talking today a little bit around the heart, and um, I don't know what it is. I feel like it's heart season. I'm not sure it's never not heart season, because you need your heart engaged in every season, but then there are seasons where God wants to work on our heart, and I believe we're in one of those seasons, and um, I know we got a few youth here at the 11 o'clock service, but uh, who in here drives a vehicle? Have you ever had the wonderful check engine light come on? Yeah, it's probably on right now, huh? Yeah, uh, I got you. <laughs> when I was a youth, I don't think it ever was off. <laughs> but... Uh, I feel like this last three weeks or so, uh, the check engine light has come on in my heart, and it's indicating some things that uh, might need a little bit of maintenance, a uh, little repair. Not 100% sure I know what's wrong, I just know something is off, and so uh the name of the message this morning is called The Heart Tune-Up. 
and please know that the most important thing in your life is your heart. And if you can continue to maintain a healthy heart towards God in all seasons, um, you, can, you can see the goodness of God in, in your life. And the danger is, is if I disconnect my heart from his goodness and his ways and his kindness, um, I can be left on my own to deal with life in all of its adversities. And you don't want to be stuck um, on the side of the road of life. And so uh, another great, you know, for those of you who aren't a mechanic or, you know, these days we don't know what to do with a broke down car anymore. We just, you know, it's a computer thing. You know, there's no real command. There's no real me mechanics left in the world. But uh, another an analogy that I feel when I'm thinking about heart tune or a heart tune up is the tuning of a guitar or guitar strings. And so uh, we brought Jeremy up here. He's playing beautifully behind a little acoustical um, and what I, what I can hear right away is this guitar is tuned up. Sounds like it's in tune. But what, what happens, though, if you maybe take a string or two and... Ooh, that sounds like my heart right there. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> wow, it's funny. The same, same notes, same play, same... Same musician, same talent, but the strings are out of tune. You know, it's funny. Okay. All right, we're good. We get it. We get it. We get it. Goodness gracious. You know what's sad is it wasn't all six strings that were out of tune. There was only one or two strings that were out of tune there, and yet it affected the sound of the instrument. And I feel bad for poor Melissa, who's always got a happy, healthy heart. And well, but probably more often than me. And um, but it's interesting how me being out of tune affects the whole family dynamic. And so and so like I feel on the other side of us getting in tune are the people we care most about. Um, we actually can join our in-tune chords or our in-tune heart with the other family members that are in tune and bring them up and elevate their sound versus when we continue to neglect or live with the check engine light or neglect the tuning of the instrument, all of a sudden the things and the people we care about um, also sound out of tune. And this, the sound of the family, the atmosphere of the family is just kind of, oh, that something's a little off. It's a little difficult. And so um, what, what we believe that God wants to do, um, he did it very powerfully at the 9 a.m. But I don't know. There's something about the 11 o'clock. Just either there's just a lot more out of tune people here or, or a lot more people that care about being in tune. Oh. I got out of that. I got out of that. Uh, but can we get up for Jeremy playing so beautifully? What a perfect analogy. Um, I want to read a couple uh, scriptures starting in Psalm 51.10. This is David after a pretty difficult season where he was disappointed and had disappointed himself. And had disappointed some of the people that were counting on him. But this was his prayer. Create in me a clean heart. 
renew a steadfast spirit in me. And uh, let's not get all the way off the rails like David did in that season and cause ourselves to need to be towed in. But hey, listen, I've been towed in before. You know what I mean? It happens. And uh, wherever you are, though, um, it's better to not have to wait until you're broke down. But let's pray like this. God, like, create in me a clean heart, renew a steadfast spirit in me. In Matthew 5, 8, um, this is the Sermon on the Mount. Might be one of the most famous and important teachings Jesus ever did is the Sermon on the Mount. And he's talking about the heart here. He says, God blesses those whose hearts are pure, for they will see God. But, but wait a minute. Like, I need a pure heart to see God. But then, according to David, I need God's help to purify my heart. So which one is it? Yeah, it's both. It's both. You actually need God to purify your heart so that you can continue to see his goodness in the land of the living, see his promises realized, see, see his, all the plans and purposes he has for you, and yet currently your heart might not be in a condition where you can receive those promises. So you need to cry out to God and say, God, I need your help fixing my heart so I can be positioned to receive all the things you have for me because right now I think I'm actually not just not attracting those promises, I'm actually repelling them because an unhealthy heart will repel all kinds of things. It will repel people. I'm sorry, I'm, I wouldn't have been surprised if Melissa just decided to, like, you know, shop a little longer this week because she's got, like, out-of-tune husband, hubby at home. And, um, and, and I want to be a person who's, God, help me, help me, help me, help me, so that those that are important to me are drawn to me and I can see the promises of God. Okay, so if I'm honest, I think most of us here long for a pure heart. Is there anybody here believing for a toxic heart, <laughs> negative heart? I mean, come on, like most of us like actually want to feel good and, and be happy and not be miserable. Um, and so this is a little bit of what a healthy heart looks like. And, and listen, when, when I say this list, regardless of where you are on the spectrum, just know that this is God's will for your heart. And, and like he helps David, he can help you. Wherever you are in your heart, he can help you get into a place of what a healthy heart looks like. You and I want a healthy heart because a healthy heart attracts things. Okay. A healthy heart is a believing heart. It's a, a trusting heart. I'd say a healthy heart is enthusiastic about the future. A healthy heart is a thankful heart. A healthy heart, as Melissa, you were beautiful up there, said uh, it's a generous heart and happy about being generous, not grimacing. Um, I'd say a healthy heart is an unoffended heart. How about this? An unafraid heart. An unafraid heart. A healthy heart is content in all seasons and yet optimistic. That means I'm not where I really know I'm supposed to be. And yet there's a part of my heart that's content, knowing that, God, you're going to get me there. You're going to get us there. You with me? So there's a contentness with an optimism. I'd say a healthy heart is courageous, and a healthy heart has pure motives. Proverbs 4.23, I think this is maybe the third or fourth time in the last month that this 
Scripture has been brought in. You want to know, like, the times and the seasons. And, and so when you continue to see a similar theme throughout multiple messages, that's a message to us. And this is uh, Proverbs 4.23. Keep your heart with all diligence. Keep whose heart? Your heart. For out of it springs the issues of life. First question I have is who is responsible for your heart? You are. I've found in this life, especially in this culture, especially in our young youth culture, young adult culture, there's a card that is played in this, this culture, and it's called the victim card. I want you to know something. The victim card will never work for you, even though it's an accepted card. It's accepted more than Visa right now. Like, you can, you can play that anywhere and get stuff. But I'm going to tell you, it's not going to get you where you really want to get. It's not going to get you into health. It's not going to get you into promise. It's not going to get you into confidence. The victim card might get you some free stuff, might get you some empathy. It's certainly not going to empower your life. So we are a culture and a church that trades that victim card in. You, even, even after service, you could come up to the altar team. I think Daniel Wilgenbush is going to be up here, and you could say, well, what do you need? He's like, I, I'm just going to trade the victim card in. I've been carrying this thing around, and I've been blaming other people. Okay, next question. What do I do with a troubled heart, an out-of-tune heart, a check engine light? We're going to talk about that today. What if my heart's out of tune? First thing, I do have an acronym. I can tell when my heart is tuning up when I've heard an acronym. Huh, it's like sweet music. Oh, oh, it's like Jeremy on the strings. Oh. All right. So the, the acronym around heart is tune. And we are going to see God do some tuning. Okay, and who here could use that? Anybody? Okay, it's all of us. Good. You're in the right place. All right, the first is tension. The T is heart tension, and, and it's not the tension we've been talking about, healthy tensions, where, you know, the providence of God lives in tension with the sovereignty of man, and that we, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a different kind of tension, the kind you don't want. And so I'll share, share it in this scripture. It starts in John 16, 13. This is Jesus talking to us. He's like, I've told you this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you may have many tensions, trials, difficulties. How about this? Sorrows. Remember Jesus? A man of sorrows, acquainted with difficulty, grief. He wants us to be people in a world that's full of trial, trouble, challenge, grief, even sorrow, to exchange it for him so that he can put in us a heart that overcomes. It says, but take heart because I, he's talking Jesus, have overcome the world. The same spirit that lives in me I've put inside of you. That means I overcame trouble first. I was the first to overcome. I was the first to overcome everything, but now I put the same spirit in me or that in you that was in me because I need you to operate in the same overcoming nature. That means trials come, troubles come, sorrow comes. It's, 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 it's coming. You live in a fallen, corrupted 
world. And it seems at times to even be getting darker. The answer to it not getting darker is you and I getting healthy and letting an overcoming spirit get into our heart. But your heart, let me tell you something, your heart is vulnerable. It's always vulnerable. And you and I need to guard our heart with all diligence and fight in an overcoming spirit. The same spirit that was in Jesus is designed to be in you. In fact, you cannot address the issues and the problems and the pressures of this world without his spirit. You can't. You can't. You can cope. You can medicate. You can get along that you cannot overcome. The only way to overcome in this world is to get his spirit in you. And it's available. It's available. And it starts in your heart. It starts in your heart. Okay. Um, I love this Psalm 34, 18. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. That's good news because wherever you are on the scale, the heart scale, one being, this sucks. Ten being, I'm good, I'm good. Wherever you are, he wants to progress you into health. He wants to take you there, okay? And he's not like waiting for you to clean your own life up. He's actually saying, invite me in. I'm a really good. I'm actually really good at repairing things, especially the heart. There's nothing he's better at repairing, restoring, reviving, rekindling, breathing life on. There's a great scripture that says a smoldering wick he won't snuff out, and a bruised reed he won't break, but he restores, he breathes life on things that are smoldering, that have lost a little bit of fire, lost a little bit of life and zest and heat, and then things that look like they're damaged, he likes to come in and bandage up and restore and revive and get working again. It's his nature. So wherever you are on that spectrum, let's let him in, okay? All right. Tense. Tension. We live in a world with tension. The next, I love this, uncertainty. Uncertainty. A heart that's uncertain. These are uncertain times. Maybe it's financial, relationship, a critical decision, a house sale, application. Have you put an application for something recently? I hate applications. Because you're subject to somebody else who really doesn't know you that gets to decide whether you're worthy to have a car payment or to live in this property. And you're like, I am the most responsible person on the planet. And you won't let me in. And I just feel tense. And it's funny is I probably have ruined more applications because I get so uncomfortable that it's out of my control that I start trying to prove myself. And then all of a sudden they're like, yeah, I think this, this, something's wrong with this guy. He's trying to prove himself, and I don't trust him now. But I just shut up and said, yeah, we're good. Let it go through. How much time you need? They'd been like, oh, I don't even need to check this guy. But I start, like, getting anxious because of the uncertainty. Uncertainty unlocks fear. Anybody else? <laughs> maybe, maybe you're interested in somebody, huh? Send him a little text. Hi. And they haven't responded for 10 minutes. <laughs> Feels like 10 days. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Now you're starting to wonder, why did I say that? What did I, shoot, did I say the right thing? Anybody with me? <laughs> uncertainty, it elicits different things. In fact, uncertainty will expose the condition of your heart oftentimes. 
It'll expose confidence. It'll ex expose fear. It'll expose a proneness towards rejection and insecurity. And what God wants to do is he wants to condition your heart to actually believe that everything's okay in uncertain times. I want to tell a really crazy story that happened in our business. And um, it was during COVID. Remember the pandemic? We aren't convinced it, convinced it was a pandemic. It was most likely manufactured to control you and me. But those were crazy times, and they were scary times. Well, mainly they were uncertain times. And we didn't really know, even if it was planned, if they have the ability to unleash a virus, what other things could they possibly have planned? And so you, you start to live in uncertainty, and you're subject to systems that aren't secure, they aren't safe, and they're definitely not for you. They're designed to control you. What do you do? And so I remember that. Um, I had a good friend of mine, Sam Molenpah, still a good friend of mine, but he came over, and he shared with me that the Hyatt, hotels were shutting down all their projects. Now remember, we had a payroll at the time of $800,000 a week. And three of our projects were Hyatt hotels. And they were under construction. And I was already uncertain, and now this brought not, uh, not certainty except certainty of things are worse. <laughs> like, I, I don't mind uncertainty uh, over certainty unless the certainty is, yeah, things are bad. You know what I mean? And so this brought more certainty and clarity that this wasn't going well. And as a result, I started to give in to uncertainty is one thing. But when uncertainty breeds fear, that's dangerous. You, I haven't made a lot of good decisions out of fear lately, have you? I mean, when's the last time fear motivated you to do something right? Most of the time, fear creates bigger problems. God wants to replace fear with faith, with trust, with connection, with I'm in this. God, God, you're in this, and I invite you in to this situation. Well, what happened is, thank God we go to a great church. We didn't, you're in one too. And we were in a series during COVID called Faith Over Fear. And I'll be honest, after that conversation with Sam Mall and Paul, it sent me spinning. It probably sent me spiraling for three to four weeks where I couldn't shake the uncertainty. And the uncertainty had spread and become fear. And I was in fear. I really was. And I was struggling. And the good news about uh, us here at Awaken is we don't just fake it. We're going to just talk about it. You know what? My heart is not in a good place right now. I'm, I'm anxious right now. I'm uncertain right now. These times have rattled me. I'm rattled. That's why I go to men's prayer, and I'm just going to be honest. I'm not going to show up and complain. I'm going to go up and start speaking, but I'm going to be honest and get some guys around me, and we're going to stand together, okay? And, um, and so it, it took, it took it, by four weeks, I was walking down 10 miles of bad road. You know, you've been there. But by applying the spirit of faith over fear, about, within about three more weeks, I was able to get on top of this thing. And I started to get peace that surpassed understanding. That kind of peace, that's the kingdom peace. That means nothing's changed on the outside yet, but things have changed on the inside. And, and I don't know all the way it's going to happen. I just know the one who makes it happen. I have a history of somebody who's come through for me in the past. And I'm going to remind myself that he's good and he's faithful and he's capable and he's strong. And this isn't his first pandemic. There's been other plagues and other things he's got his people through. I remember the land of Goshen. I, I, you know what I mean? You've you, you got to be careful what you rehearse. Rehearse the goodness of God. Rehearse the faithfulness of God. Re rehearse the, the blessing of God. Rehearse the promises of God. He's come through before. This isn't, he, he, this isn't the first time. 
but it feels like the first time when you're in it. Feels like it's probably the time where he's going to leave me on my own. <laughs> I'm just telling you how my brain works, man. I know I'm the only one, but I got the mic, so you're going to have to just get into my head for a little bit. My demented mind sometimes, like, oh, yeah, yeah, help me, Lord. Um, but uh, here's what happened. Once we, got the, once we got the shift happen, I started to be able to hear from God. He said, this isn't a time to be anxious. Everybody else is anxious. I actually have a new company for you to start called Uncommon Solutions. So in the middle, I mean, literally, for me, identifying the check engine lights on and the strings are way out of tune, way out of tune, um, and coming to God and presenting the situation that was deeply uncertain, he brought a level of peace that created faith where we were able to take a positive action in a situation where the whole world was on pause except for us because we were operating under a different spirit. We were operating under a spirit of faith and courage, and we started this company. Now, this company's done good. It's still in business. It's not like it's killing it. But this week, something happened in this company that was unprecedented. We were at the Pathfinders Conference in San Diego, and Uncommon is a sponsor of the Pathfinders Conference. So we didn't just have, you know, 900,000 people there getting rocked. There were four guests of Uncommon, people who had never been to church. They wouldn't go to church. They were like, I'll go to a business thing. I'll go to a marketplace thing. I'll listen to Jeff Hoffman and see what else happens, but I'm certainly not going to church. You, you know any people like that? Maybe you used to be that person. Yeah, I was that guy too. Um, my dad said, he's like, the last person who's ever going to find religion is you, Colin. I'm like, oh, I didn't find religion. I found Jesus. But um, <laughs> get this, get, this is what happened, though. I got this text from Mike Finn. Mike Finn, he was actually here a few months ago, and, and great preacher, great minister, great story. Another guy that never would have been in church. He brought four guys to the Pathfinders Conference that would never show up in church. And this is the text he sent me. Um, one of the guys um, from the con Pathfinder Conference was so rocked, he came back on Wednesday night, responded to the altar call, and got filled with the Holy Spirit. Let me, but listen, listen, let me back up. He was an army ranger. He has done and seen some of the worst things. He used to have 666 on his vest when he was in war because he saw himself as an angel of death. He said he thought he could never be in church because of what he has done, but the conference opened his eyes to God and his calling. After we prayed for him last night, he said he's never felt that kind of love and peace ever. So, again, wherever you are in the condition of your heart, however dark it is, even if you've been an agent of darkness, you can open yourself up to a light that can forgive and heal and restore and bring peace back. But let me ask you this. What if I would have stayed? What if we would have stayed subject to uncertainty? It was real uncertainty, just like it is right now. These are uncertain times, and you have a choice. You can connect your heart to fear and anxiety and uncertainty, or you can fasten your heart to a God who's good and has solutions and answers, and he wants to take you in to faith and courage and confidence. But what if we would have stayed in fear? I don't know what would have happened to this guy. I don't know if Uncommon would have been a company. It probably wouldn't have been. 
And therefore, we wouldn't have been in a position to invite people because we would have stayed small. We would have stayed fearful, stayed insecure and uncertain. Instead, we landed on faith and grew. And God did something, blessed something that put us in a position to invite someone. It's hard to invite people to places where they don't want to go when they see your life. And it's like, yeah, wherever, whatever you're doing, I'd prefer to stay away from that. <laughs> I'm not singing along with that song. But when your life starts to get in tune, people want to know what you're into. Not a good story. I thought it was a good story. Um, Philippians 4, 6 through 7. This is what you do in uncertainty. And I guarantee you're in something uncertain. Um, don't worry about anything. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Instead. See, listen. When you first hear that and you hear people say, that, yeah, don't worry, it means I just turn my brain off and things are going to go away. No, 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 no. It says, don't worry instead. That means, that means you have to replace the action of worry with something different. It's not, it's not just a neutral. It's not a neutral state. It's, it's a state of exchanging, but not exchanging uncertainty for fear, exchanging uncertainty for trust and faith. That's, that's the difference. That's the difference. Don't worry about it. Instead, pray about everything. Everything. Tell God what you need. Thank him for all he's done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything you could even understand. His peace will guard your and mind as you live in Christ. Uncertainty is actually a proving ground for you to develop faith and trust. In fact, these are the seasons where you can actually grow as a man or a woman, as a son or a daughter of God, and actually put some muscle on and actually become somebody that can get through some things. Or how about this, lead some other people through some things. This is a great opportunity to grow your faith. Or I guess the alternative is grow your fear. Next one, heart that's been noticed. These are the areas where my heart gets tweaked, okay? Difficult times, trials, uncertainty. But if I start to feel not noticed, we have a core value here at Awaken. It's um, known, loved, wanted, needed. It's our core value. If you, if you haven't been through DNA, well, you can't get in again until January, but you can sign up. <laughs> but one of our core values is before you're needed, yeah, you got talent, yeah, you got ability, certainly it's a volunteer organization, we need your help. But before you're needed, we want you known. We want you noticed. We want you recognized. We, we want you to feel loved, valued, like the, the, you're valuable. And we want you. See, but that's the, that's the core value. But what I've discovered in this season, you were so beautiful, babe, and your thing, when you start to misplace your need to be noticed and you start to looking outward for, like, the approval of men, listen, we're all quite needy people. There is no human on the earth that's capable of filling your bucket. Come on, you know how needy you are. You know, you just heard it like 10 minutes ago, and something in you needs to hear it again. Come on, you're proud of me. You love me. Everything's going to be all right. 
You know who has that? You know, you know why it's important? Yeah, we're going to have Pastor Jurgen here next Sunday. Trust me. You don't want to miss. He's one of the greatest leaders on the planet. But you know how dangerous it is for me, dangerous it is for my heart to depend on him for all the approval I need? Yeah, he's encouraging. He's a great leader. He's a great father in the faith. He's a great champion of Melissa and I. He's, he's in our corner. He's, he, he sat through the whole Pathfinders conference, just cheered us on and just celebrated us um, in San Diego. And But do you realize... I need, I just am a little bit needier than most, I think. And I've found that I have to find another source to notice me regularly. And this is why I have to build a lifestyle that spends time with God. Otherwise, I'm going to start searching for being noticed in the wrong places. Oh, if you're needy of being noticed, you're actually vulnerable. And God can do some work in you in your heart and make you actually confident or secure. That confidence doesn't just come because you're a high performer. It comes because you know God, and he knows you, and he loves you. If you're a high performer, that's great, but you're also going to be vulnerable that all your approval is going to be based on performance. Perform from approval, not for it. Because I'm loved, I serve. Because I'm loved and valuable, I give my life away. I don't exchange my life to receive love from people. I'm loved perfectly by God, and therefore I give my life away. Anyway, help us, Lord. Greatest miracle of my life is confidence. I I want you to know that I spent 30 years of my life longing and searching for approval and exchanged and discounted my life quite a bit to get the approval of people. And it wasn't until I met the love of God, the love of a father who didn't just forgive me of all the stupid things I did looking for approval. But he also repaired and reset and restored my confidence so that I could actually no longer live trying to get the approval of people. But even though I've had a miracle happen 20 years ago, it's interesting how there's times where your engine can just need some checkup, some tune-up. And what God did in your heart 10 years ago, you might need something fresh today. You, you might need to actually walk with him daily and renew. There might be some people you need to forgive. There might be some people you, you, you need to trust again. There might, I don't know where you are, but, you know, God's calling you there. Last thing, heart expectation. This is the E. Um, Psalm 37.4, delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires, the expectations of your heart. The danger is, is when our heart gets out of tune, it starts to expect the wrong thing. Uh, Read a great story, or didn't read a great story, was talking to a really good friend of mine whose boss called him this week. And he said, Matt, I'm flying into town. We need to meet. He's like, he's like most of us in here. Shoot, what did I do wrong? Dang it, I knew I shouldn't have sent that email. Flip, I knew I should not have said that in the meeting. And he's rehearsing all the reasons his boss needs to meet with him. He called me up and he was nervous about it. He had an expectation of a negative meeting with his authority. And I just felt like, hey man, I actually don't think that's why he's coming. I think I think he's proud of you. He's like, yeah, but he doesn't want to meet with the team. He doesn't want to meet I, I, he always wants to meet with the team. Yeah, I think he just wants to spend some time with you, man. I think he just loves you. I think he's proud of you. To be honest, that's just my opinion. Why don't you expect that? Ah. 
<laughs> I'm like, he's got two boys, and um, they're all they're both under ten, so it's perfect age. I'm like, I'll tell you what I want you to do. Um, I want you to take one of your boys, and I want you to tell him that you have some really, really serious news for him, and you need him to sit on the couch and wait for you. Don't smile. Don't hint at anything. Don't think it's bad. Don't make it. Just just give him a neutral, like, it, we have a very important meeting, and I need you to go sit on the couch. And then have him sit there uncomfortably. Make sure he's squirming a little bit. Make sure he's had time to think about it. And then when he's finally at a place where he's been uncomfortable enough, you need to sit down and tell him how proud of him you are. You need to condition your boys to expect that God is good. You need to condition your boys to expect that God's proud of you. You need to condition your boys to expect that, he, that he's got kind things for you, that even when you're in a waiting season, that he, he's good and he's for you. He's like, not only is it going to program your boys to think properly and expect a good return, but it's going to change your heart because you're a good father, Matt, and I know you, and I know that you are proud of your boys. That doesn't mean there's not going to be one where they have to sit on the couch and wait and maybe get a little some other, re uh, other reaction. But what I'm saying is the majority of the time you're waiting on God, he's proud of you. He wants to come with you and, with solutions, and that's the nature of it. feel a little life in here. Last thing I'm going to share is out of 1 Corinthians 13, 13, and you'll see how this ties. It's, it says, these three things last forever, faith, hope, and love. The greatest of these is love. I want us to see that, that this is the antidote, the antidote for uncertainty is faith. The, the antidote for expectancy is hope. And the antidote for being unnoticed is love. And see, these are the, the condition of your heart is going to face a lot of trials where your heart is going to be tested and uncertain and, and questioning and fearful. And it's going to, it's, it's all the time in many seasons, but in this season, maybe more than most, there's going you know, coming around the holidays, Sean, I really love you bring that up. The holidays are great for some of us, but only for some of us. Some of the most fiercest rejection I've faced has been around Thanksgiving, where I feel like I'm an outcast. I've got the imposter syndrome going on, and I don't belong here, and I'm triggered. Triggered. I'm supposed to be having fun, and I am triggered. So what I have to do is I could show up pre-triggered based on the last couple years. So now I'm just tweaked. I'm out of tune already. I showed up out of tune. Or I could learn to grow my adversity quotient in environments that aren't easy and learn how to tune my guitar. Whether you like me or not, I'm showing up tuned up. Whether you notice me, approve of me, it doesn't matter. I get to determine my heart. I guard my heart with all diligence because out of me froze the rivers of life. I'm not going to let circumstances, environments, people determine the condition of my heart. I get to choose to walk with God and have a pure heart in an imperfect world. That's the power of overcoming is his power in us allows us to be healthy even in the midst of unhealthy people. In fact, the only way that you'll be able to influence 
and be light in darkness is if you've let that power in to your heart. That's what we're going to do right now. Oh, I heard one other cool story. I'm going to share it real quick. Just around uncertainty. Where's, where's Jeremy over there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Such a great man, Jeremy. Flipping maestro on the strings. Sucks to have a man crush sometimes. But uh, him and Kaylin, they're like believing for this business deal last um, last Friday, I think. And, and Jeremy had created like some boundaries and sent the uh, sent the text off with all the expectations that they needed. And then there was that two-hour delay, right? And it felt like, man, did I did I go too far? And then you start wanting to to come back and compromise. But at the end of the day, after two hours, which felt like two weeks. Um, they ended up getting this text like, yeah, let's do the deal. We're, let's go. And so I just want to say, man, love you. So let's just do a little inventory here. Let me take us through, back through these heart um, areas of the heart. We know you're in some kind of attention because you live on this world. <laughs> Jesus said in this world, you're going to have tension. Let's just identify what it is. Let's get it into the mechanic this morning, okay? Is your tension, um, what was our first one? <laughs> well, it, <laughs> thank you. The first one was tension, no. The U was, was uncertain. So maybe the tension you're feeling is the uncertainty. You don't have an income source. Where, where are you? You know, and so are you willing to exchange uncertainty of the day? L listen, I I'm not saying you can control and all of a sudden move to a utopia of certainty. That, in fact, you, you may find in the world we're in, things get more and more and more uncertain. And if you need your conditions to be perfected for you to live at peace, you're not going to do well in this world. You're going to need to find another source of peace. And so maybe that's you here today, that, that your thing is uncertainty. It's, it's like there's just too much out there that's uncertain, and you're having a hard time finding your peace. In fact, you're looking for your peace in certainty instead of in a different type of certainty. So that's the first one. We'll deal with that. The next one is this heart, this love issue. Just haven't felt noticed and haven't felt seen, recognized. Haven't, you just don't feel like people know the real you. And then you know what happens when people don't know the real you. You start trying to prove to them who you are, and then they still don't get to know the real you. And you finally got a meeting with them, and then you just threw up on them. And it's like, and then you left for worse off than you started because you feel like, ah, they're not, I, they're never going to get to know the real me. Man, I have some people that are really important to me in my life that didn't get to know the real me for eight years because I was so anxious about being known that every time we got in the same room, I just was like, ugh. And I just leave so frustrated because I was insecure instead of confident, looking for their approval instead of his. And as a result, they never even got to know the real me. And then eight years later, I'm finally confident enough. They're like, dang, you're funny. I'm like, but if I was funny back then, I just wasn't funny around you because I was insecure. Oh, yeah, yeah. So real. 
But maybe you just need, you need your, your cup filled in your heart. You know what I mean? You need, you have been searching to be noticed in the wrong place. It's, it's common. Listen, all of us need to be noticed. It's actually a human trait. In Maslow's hierarchy of needs, it's up there. You're, you need to be known and wanted and loved. You need it. You need it. You can't live on this earth with, and, and remove it. You can medicate it. You can try to fill it with other things, but only one can really bring it. Maybe it's um, your expectations. You're actually in this world right now not anticipating things ending well. And you need to exchange expectancy. Let's close our eyes, bow our heads. We're going to wrap up. Sean is always uncertain about when these services might end. I'm trying to build his faith. I'm trying to get him dependent on God, not, not me. Goodness gracious, Sean. Where are you? First and foremost, like, how's your connection to God? Are you connected to a God who loves you, who's for you, who paid a great price for you to know him? I mean, are you disconnected, trying to do life in a challenging world, disconnected from God? Like, like that's dangerous. You don't want to do that. And you're here this morning, and you're like, okay, okay. Um, number one, I don't have to live fearful and anxious and needy. I actually, there's something that can help me, and there's somebody that loves me. There's someone that has the, the that can put within me the ability to overcome. If, if that's you and you're here and you need a relationship with Jesus, a relationship with someone who notices you, who loves you, who has confidence for you, who could, who could really move you out of a column of angst and insecurity into a column of I'm loved and I'm confident. If you want to know him, you want to know God, I'm going to count to three. I'm going to give you a chance to just lift your hand on the count of three. If that's you and you want to know him, one, two, three. I want to know who I'm praying for in here. Wow, there's a few of us. I love, I love young men especially. Man, I'm telling you, there's quite a few of us. I saw somebody over here, too, with the backwards hat. Yeah, yeah, I like you, man. Touch of God on you. I see you back there, sir. Cowboys, huh? Mm. Them are fighting words around here, but but we like you. We like you. Who else? There's a few. Yep, I see you back there. There's a lot of us. Shoot. Okay, well let's let's deal with that. Let's come into relationship with a God who loves you and cares about you. Let's let's as a family. Uh, there's a lot of young men um, that I love that stuff and I appreciate your vulnerability. So let's all pray together. Okay. Repeat after me, Father God. Thank you. You love me. You're for me. You paid a great price for me to know you, for me to come out of insecurity, rejection, uncertainty. You notice me. I put my life into your hands. I trust you. Fill my life with your love, with your certainty, with your hope. I turn away from trusting in my own ways and I turn to you. You're my father now. Heaven's my home. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, now, I know, that's good. It's good. We're wrapping up. I want to do, do a little business with those three areas of tension. Who in here, just by show of hands, um, the uncertainty of the day has left 
left you a little shaken. Uncertainty. Okay. Um, being known. Feeling like you just, nobody really knows. Like, I'll, I'll just by a show of hands, that's, that's an area like you could, yeah, appreciate it. Appreciate it. How about you, you aren't, your hopes diminished. You don't have expectation of the future that's positive. It's, you're kind of survival mode at best. And there, you, you could really use God to just do something in your heart around expectation. Anybody? Okay. Well, let's all stand on our feet. We're going to end with this. Allie's going to lead us in um, a beautiful song. I open up my heart. We're going to have the prayer team up here if you need a little injection of life. But just maybe put your hand back on your heart. We started with your hand on your heart. We're going to end with your hand on your heart. And I want you to envision. You can close your eyes. Part of the reason we close your eyes is for you to be able to imagine. Sometimes you see better with your eyes closed. I want you to imagine the, a, good, a good father's hand putting his hand over your hand. A good father, a perfect father, healthy, healthy, loving, kind, strong. Holy Spirit, right now, I just declare over our hearts. I speak where there's uneasiness, uncertainty. Uncertainty that's brought fear, that's brought anxiety. Right now, we just release your peace. We just release your certainty. We release your presence. Release your voice. Release your power. We break. Uh, I see um, generational anxiety. And anxiety's not just in your life, but it's been in your mom's life, your grandma's life. Like, it's like it, it's perpetrated generations. I break right now generational anxiety. Generational. Anytime things are uneasy, you get tense. You get out of tune. I just continue to say the cycles of being out of tune and uncertainty. In fact, I declare God right now, the answer you've been asking God is to make things clear and certain, but God wants to make you strong and certain in the midst of uncertainty. So God, I speak into the heart. God, I pray where we need love, where we need to be seen and known. And, and as a result, we've been discounting ourselves, trying to get approval. I just declare right now from a place of strength in the area of confidence, I impart confidence. I impart your love into our hearts. I impart your kindness and your intimacy and your friendship right into the place where we need to be known. And, and then finally around hope, where we haven't had an expectation of good things to come. We aren't confident of the goodness of the Lord and the land of the living. And, and, and instead, we're like just trying to hold on. And God, I declare this morning, right now, a shift in our expectancy. A shift in our expectancy. Our expectancy around relationships, our expectancy around finances. I declare a shift in Jesus' name. And I just declare over the, this people, the 11 o'clock, the Awaken Church, I just say your blessing, God your peace. The greatest of things is love. These three remain, faith, hope, and love. Declare hearts that are full of faith, full of hope, and full of your love in Jesus' name. Amen. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com. Or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now. Bye for now.